In this episode, our heroes finally complete the Snoot Scoot sentence, figure out what exactly a campaign manager should do, and face a sinister twist. Gusty, you stand on a cobblestone path in a vast field of dead grass. A small red bicycle lays on the brown grass not ten feet from your left, a single wheel spinning. A quiet bus is twenty feet to your right, and you see a couple of pairs of shoes laying still outside the folding door. You see a small and silent house close by. There is no motion. There is no sound. But the stillness of pure absence. Further up the path, you see a small pond with a tree, a large rock, and a small dock. Beyond the pond, you see a mix of broken futuristic flying machines, pieces of ancient statues, burned motor vehicles, and something only a robotic biologist would think is interesting. What do you do? Is this Kansas? Is that what you just put me in? <laughs> we both know there's no water in Kansas. Right, yeah. Uh, well, first order of business is I start whistling a happy tune right off. Um, the dog you said is there. What does Sorry, it look like? I did not say dog. I meant to say dock. Oh, dock. Okay. That makes a little more sense. I wish that had gone on longer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, my response or the descriptions? I just wish that the misunderstanding had persisted longer before the clarification. Oh, geez, that would get weird. I want to call the dog to me. (laughs) (laughs) The dog doesn't answer. Uh, All right. The the little house. What um, does that look run down or is it kind of a quaint little like old lady house or something? It is kind of like a prairie little house on the prairie house. It's completely sure. empty on the inside, and I mean, it's only like 40 feet away, but you can tell there's nothing inside. There's just bare wooden floors. Okay, well, I'm going to go walk up to the dock and look down in that pond. You walk up to the dock, and you see a series of constellations and stars reflected in it, even though it's daytime. And as soon as you start realizing you might recognize somewhere they change into something completely different yet still constellations the water starts rippling and then something comes and uh, emerges from the water it's a cloaked figure you cannot see its face it's holding a small box hello i'm gusty adams <laughs> you hear a voice say i hear your prayers I am getting closer to you, my prize. Enjoy you, friends, while you can, as you will always end alone. The figure in front of you lifts its head, and it is a frog-faced scratch. He holds up a box to you with one hand, and with the other, presses his finger to his lips as if for you to be silent. 
All right, well, I stay silent. He proffers the box one last time. All right. Listen here, Scratch. You gave me something one time, and then you left. I'm going to take this, but I'm not going to take my eyes off of you. And I take the box without looking. Scratch, or the frog-faced Scratch, nods appreciatively, and then looks behind him as if he hears something rushing towards him. And then you wake up. Or rather, you'll wake up if you spend your resolve points. You'll wake up. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll spend a resolve <laughs> point on to, to not It'd be die. super anticlimactic, and then you never wake up. I mean, you know, it was nice there. I, I might, like, wait a minute, just sort of hang out on that dock alone. But yeah, eventually, I'll drop a resolve point and wake up. In the hand you took the box, you see three little idols. One is a frog, one is a sun, and one is something only someone might say wiggly. Sure, a wiggly. Get those all the time. Yep, it's a wiggly idol. Like a bobblehead? Okay. Like a Hawaii? (laughs) (laughs) And one's a bobblehead. Well, now Mm. that's just what I'm picturing. Yep, you've changed it. It's a bobblehead now. (laughs) Ghoul. Oh, wow. Take seven more damage and roll a fortitude save. Holy fuck. Okay. What a great <laughs> Because you're still poisoned. Damn, it's been a while. It doesn't count that, like, I don't have, I'm, I, but I'm a poisonous frog. It should make me stronger. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Actually, that begs the question, if you poison poison, does it get more poisonous or less poisonous? All right, fortitude save. Six. That, I assume, is not going to cut it <laughs> doesn't cut the mustard russ sadly no and i took seven more damage Oof. yes because every time poison hits you you are poisoned for the same amount of damage as the initial exposure if someone has a med pack they can help you resist this poison by giving you yeah, a plus I, two i'm pretty sure i have a med pack Oh, uh, I think a med patch might actually be usable, um, but we'll get that on your next um, go. Okay. Elgar, you and WD-40. WD-40 is finally moving again, and he is sitting in front of the skeletal remains of the irradiated electric dinosaur. He burps the most foul, slightly irradiated burp you've ever experienced from a living animal. No, WD, did you just... Did you just eat that dinosaur? WD looks behind him and then looks at you and in the most sentient possible way shrugs and then trots off... He trots off down down the hallway. That was perhaps the deepest conversation we've had, WD. Why do you keep running away from me? Um, Elgar, I would like to do a perception check on the body of that irradiated dinosaur. Do it. And you can, you can see WD-40, Ghoul, and Gusty through this destruction. Oh, that's right. The wall was knocked down, right? Yeah. That's why there's rubble. And it dropped gold coins. Hey, gold coins. What, what, what's the deal with gold coins? They ain't UPBs. You don't yet. You don't know yet. They just keep dropping from monsters. Okay. Well, I'm going to gather up some gold coins. You want some more gold coins? Um, some more gold <laughs> coins? Because you do have like 20 gold coins in your inventory already. Yeah, I got to make some like microchips with those. Yeah, I'm going to grab some more gold coins. All right. How many are you adding to your collection? 
Um, what's their weight? Where- Light. You're currently carrying around two bulk worth already from the last monster you you took gold coins from. I will take on 40, 40 more. So you have a grand total of 60? Yes. They are very heavy. I'll drop. And now you're encumbered. Oh, damn. Do you want to drop 10? <laughs> I will drop 10, yes. All right, now you have 50. I can always throw them at people. <laughs> Oh, no, you're still encumbered. And I'm still encumbered? Oh, Jesus. Let's just do the 40 like you said. Okay, I'm just going to take 40 total. Sorry, guys. We're just... (laughs) No, that's cool. We're just doing basic math over here. (laughs) Elgar keeps like putting coins in his pocket, Uh, walking around a few Mm, feet. uh, He's like, nah, it's too heavy. Mm, Just playing Elder Scrolls over there. He's about to start dropping cheese wheels. And flowers. (laughs) Yeah. Elgar says, oh, okay, guys, let's... Let's let's regroup, and I would like to walk over to the, the gang. Now, that perception check, real quick, you wanted just general information of the skeletal remains, or did the gold coin satiate your curiosity? No, I was, I was more interested in the skeletal remains. The gold coins just caught my eye and distracted <laughs> me with basic math. With greed! Well, with the 24, you know that this is the exact same species of electric dinosaur that you fought in the death arena except it was exposed to insane amounts of radiation and it made it insane like it probably had some psychological issues let alone its uh physical issues uh but it was much larger and much more dangerous than the previous which is probably why it you know hurt you guys so much but you also know through its bone structure, that it has a weakness to cold. This information would have been more useful prior (laughs) to our encounter. But alas, I have learned something. Gusty, did you learn something? Hello, I'm Mr. Adams. Are are you alive right now, Gusty? Who? Yes, I know you are Mr. Adams. Let's. I could be. I'm still trying to figure that out. Let's get you patched up, buddy. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. Uh, Ghoul, you're starting to feel like you're about to take some more damage. What do you do? I fucking shoot up <laughs> uh, with my serum of healing, which I have four of, apparently. Or no, actually, I have one of them. I thought I had. Okay. Go ahead and roll a medicine to see if you can um, help yourself. DC 20. Oh, 20. no. 15, DC 15. Oh, well, you would have gotten them anyway. Now you have a plus two to resist this poison. Go ahead and roll your fortitude. Oh, 20. You no longer are poisoned. You are, however, still down the condition track, and it takes 24 hours to go up the condition track. Yay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's uh, unpoison yourself. Hooray. All right. Who heals? We have Gusty Adam was with one HP, Ghoul with eight, and Elgar with eight. So now you guys, now that no one's being poisoned, you can just do stuff. You've got like 20 minutes or something. I'd like to, to use a med kit, please. Uh, med patch? Um, would that be... Or, sorry, I keep saying the wrong thing. So a med patch is for medicine checks, and a med kit is for medicine checks, but the thing that will actually boost your HP is a serum of healing. Oh. Which I do not have. I think everybody has one Mark II, unless you have already used them. I th- I think we used. I may have used mine. A yeah. lot of ours. Oh wait, yeah, 
No, you don't have any. Oh. Go me for removing your very super important things. <laughs> I think um, I think we used them though. I I don't remember. Did we did I use my inspiration boost last time, Bowen? Ah, I thought that was only in combat you could do that. No, no, it's it's whenever. The the thing is I can only use it it's not only effective like once per rest, basically. So I I'd have to we would have to rest for another ten minutes for me to be able to do it again. But isn't that only stamina? And when you rest, you get it all is. your stamina back. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so you guys rest for 10 minutes and get all of your stamina back. Each and every one of you gets all your stamina back. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say we should just rest. But not our HP. Is that correct? Not your HP. Okay. HP is much more difficult. So that means if you keep fighting lower level guys, you can just keep fighting them, even if your stamina goes down to two, and you get your stamina back right away. But if something starts hitting your HP, then you're in trouble. Copy that. And I really want to keep the rules as is for HP because it really makes a difference for the struggle. Because now you have Elgar, 54 eight stamina and only 8 HP, which means you could tough out a, a fight pretty well. But then you're once you're in your HP, you're really weak. Hmm. Yeah, I could heal some HP right now, but I don't have enough equipment to, to do it for all of us, I think. Oh, you know what? I, I do still have actually uh, two healing serums left. Uh, so if we get into another tussle, I'll just toss these to, to somebody or just start healing. Okay, so you got a plan. Uh, also, the HO Spice Hospital can heal you for credits. Just throwing that out there. Oh, right. There's like a little med bay place in this thing. Oh, you guys already looted this place. I mean, like the actual hospital in Panquake, Uppercase oh, City. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So you guys, there's a door, which is where the bridge is, which has the computer that will unlock this ship, which is you've just been locked in for the past episode and a half. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Do we? I thought we got something unlocked last time. The door is unlocked. It is just closed. Oh, okay. You guys um, think that Snoot Scoot's in there? We kind of got to get that, right? There's still a lot of movement on the other side of that door. Does it sound like big movement? Roll a life science. You life science. Uh, that's... <laughs> you roll Ooh. a one. You think there's an electric dinosaur on the other side of this door. <laughs> <laughs> I got an 18. Like, even though the space doesn't make sense, you think it's, like, you're convinced it is there. Gusty, we should not go through that door. Well, hold, hold, hold on. However, an... <laughs> Elgar, however, Gusty knows exactly what it is. It's a snoot scoot. I'm still unsure what a snoot scoot is, aside from some kind of anteater-shaped thing. Are they very large creatures? Um, they are classified as large creatures. They are not small. Okay, so like... They're literally large creatures. Like size category large. Size so category like, large. So it sounds panicked in theirs, is what it seems like to me. It's making a lot of noise, but it's not panicked. It's not repetitive, like over and over and over. It's just lumbering. If that makes sense. It's just going boom, boom, boom. Okay. I'm hesitant to touch a computer right now, but could I try to access some kind of camera through the computer, like in the bridge? 
Yes, but just outside the door, the only label you see is bridge. So you're pretty sure this room is the bridge. Well, I just mean so I can see inside and and see what it's actually doing before we go barging in there. Uh, the computer, you finally did unlock it. Uh, you bypassed its security measures and you got in, so to say, so you could access the computer that's outside the door next to you. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go over to that and see if I can see if there's some kind of like security camera, uh, in the bridge that we can look at. Roll me a computers. Wow. 29. That's ridiculous you're a computer you go through and almost every camera is broken but you make out just enough on on the bridge to see a snoot scoot in the bottom left corner of the bridge it looks like an armadillo and it's its face is stuck in this rainbow contraption that is on the ship itself oh so it's trapped it's not free roaming it seems to be there of its own own choice it doesn't look like it's trapped it looks like it's sniffing inside this rainbow contraption Hmm. okay it seems very content and happy all right i'm gonna walk up to the door say just uh trust me on this one elgar and i'm gonna bump the button and open up the door and walk in gusty don't you don't want to do that (laughs) you open it up and you see immediately a void zombie chained to the captain's seat it sees you, but it is almost dead, and it just manages a raspy exhale. Oh, dear God, Elgar, I'm going to need you to never trust me again. I was so wrong about this room. What is going on? Through its chains, it tries to outreach, and it tries to grab you, even though it has no energy left. The snoot scoot is still happily sniffing in that rainbow contraption, which seems to be amplifying its smell. To the right, you see a captain's data pad. To the left, you see an armored locker. Okay. I'll step out of the doorway, keep a, a wide berth around the zombie, and, and go look at the data pad. <clears throat> I'm going to leave it up to the professionals to deal with the armadillo. Uh, who does what, starting with ghoul? Oh, man. I just want to, like cap this armadillo did they, they never said i had to bring one back alive did they oh no man you just are so vindictive for this but no they did not there was no there was no fine prints on this fucking no i'm not that mean it's just snooting Sorry, my dog's freaking out in the background oh. She doesn't like the idea of me killing armadillo. And the snoot has a collar that says sprinkles. So I go up to sprinkles and try to do my best like Chris Pratt with like uh, the raptors in Jurassic World. All right. Anything animal related is a survival check. Okay. I like hold out my like pinky and thumb. I give him like the hang loose thing. <laughs> what up, um, giant anteater thing? Armadillo. 18, 17. It backs up, and then it uh, starts to snoot at you and starts sniffing your little froggy face. And then it just sits down on its haunches and looks at you expectantly. And it's it's not chained up. It is not chained up. The rainbow contraption looks like it's specially designed for a snoot scoot's snoot. And you look inside, and it has all sorts of weird nose-related amplifier tubes. Okay. 
And that's what you get this round. That was uh, uh, Ghoul's turn. Okay. <laughs> Elgar. Whoa. Um, Ghoul, looks like you got that covered. Let me know if you need any help with that, Snoot Scoot. But I want to check out that armored locker. WD-40 gets real close to the, the void zombie w- and just sits. No, no, okay, WD, we got to work on commands. Can you please stay? WD-40 stay. sitting looks at you dead in the eye and starts wagging his tail. Okay, I'll, I'll take that as a yes. Stay there, WD-40, okay? I'm going to go check out this armored locker. And in order to, to check it out, let me, let me perceive what's going on here. Gosh, You dang. perceive there's an armored locker in, <laughs> in front of you. Give it a good old knock with my knuckles. It has a key code preventing it from being just opened at any old time. Hmm. Hey, Gusty, any, anything in that data pad tell us how to open this armored locker? Any yeah, numbers? Yeah, tons, tons of stuff, I bet. Okay, Gusty, what do you do? Looking through this data pad. Now, I also have... Oh, God. There is a transcribed data pad, but there's also an audio log. Do you listen to it? Gusty Adams does listen to this audio log. Can I, like, bump it up, like, so everyone hears it? Like, does it have speakers? Yeah, it's got speakers. Okay, cool. All okay, right, cool. and Gusty Adams hits play. It's got Bluetooth. Day one. Captain's log. Oh, whatever. Stardate. Uh, Tuesday. I've had to hire more help for this job. Not the... Not for the Lulcatas, but the big bastard. Here's to smooth sailing through the drift. Once we pick him up, I'm pretty lucky the man needs such an eclectic bunch of hazards for his death arena. And good old autopilot can get us back, so I'll be drunk for most of this uh, voyage. Day four. Literally nothing to do, and the autopilot keeps beating me at chess, so I think I'll set up a game of wages and injury uh, with my crew. We'll see how that goes. Day five. Well, Stockmuck the Yosoki died. Mm. Day man, bless him, but my congregation of currency account is a bit heavier. <laughs> Need a new science officer before we head back to Panquake. Day eight. We got the creatures now, and the Akadas are more angry than I could have thought, but the big guy in the lead box, not a peep. Heck, we only lost four workers to him and almost me, and now the holiday fire got knocked over, and we've had to sweep it up into a pile over in the cargo bay. All the same, never leave the ship without a jetpack is my new motto. Day 11. Something's been thumping for the past few days. Spaz, the goblin cook, hasn't exploded for a few hours, and now I'm getting worried. Day 12. Me and Jackson are the only two left. I'm locked in the bridge, but Jackson was in the medical bay, and he says the operation to save Spaz was a nightmare. Even without all these monsters running amok on my ship, I haven't heard from him in a while. Day 13. It can't be the Akadas, and the big guy is in this cell. There's something else on this ship. I can smell something coming through these vents, and I keep hearing the Akadas fighting or something. Must be nasty out there. They've turned our equipment into UPPs, except for what's in the locker. Thankfully, it kept my password, my Snoot Scoot's name. God damn it, they're at the door. And the vents. 
and the recording stops. Well, that's comforting. We found the password. Isn't that great? Um, yeah. What what a record is. Do we know what that is? <clears throat> Game master. Everybody roll a life science check. 17. 13. My thing's loading. My bad. <laughs> Ghoul is loading. Ghoul is buffering. Oh, Natural 20 for a 24. Ah, I foam at the mouth with life science. <laughs> <laughs> Ghoul, you instantly go... Oh, right. And you know, Akedas are kind of like this ethereal wolf that when they bite you, they can infect you. And when they infect you, they slowly turn your body into a zombie. And your tongue is actually one of the, the larvas. And then eventually your body stops moving and erupts into several tiny little Akeda offspring. Oh my god. Ghoul relayed and narrated all this to his friends. (laughs) (laughs) So you know at any point in time Captain Rook here is going to explode into lots and lots of little Akedas or larva. And since I'm a frog I'm like that sounds delicious. (laughs) Open up a restaurant in here. Okay, I'm maybe grasping at straws here, but he's sitting in the captain's chair. Yes. Is there some kind of emergency thing on this bridge that like drops a force field over the captain's chair or like puts it behind some kind of bank style drop down wall that I could activate? No, it looks like Captain Rook chained himself very securely to the captain's chair and... None of the panels around him have power. Okay, right. But when he turns into a bunch of of larvae, the chains aren't going to do anything. That information was about the Akedas, but you could roll a medicine check to see how far along he is, because there is a gestation period. That seems like a good idea. 17. You're pretty sure he's got a couple hours left. Easy. Oh, okay, okay. All right, well... We should still probably get out of here sooner and later, uh, and then maybe send in someone who, who specializes in this kind of thing that's not us. <laughs> Ghoul narrated to the group. This is pragmatic. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get in this armored locker and get the heck out of here. How about that? All right, you punch in the code, and you find inside, you find one load lifter. It's a level five, and it artificially increases the amount of bulk you can carry while wearing your armor by three. So it's an upgrade slot. You also find a jetpack. And then there's something called a venomous weapon fusion, which allows you one single attack each day. If you have poison or medicine on your person, you can use this fusion to shoot it at range with your gun. Uh, and that's what you find. Hey, uh, Ghoul, you wanna you wanna get that that poison fusion? I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> Boom, done. Most excellent. Who wants the jetpack and who wants the load lifter? If you want it, it does take up a slot, uh, each of them. And the jetpack is one bulk. Well, I'm not wearing armor yet, so uh, <clears throat> maybe 
put all the divvying out on hold. I, I'm pretty sure I have one open slot in my Defrex hide armor. Are you sure? Do I? Because you've you've got your descent thrusters. Oh, my descent thrusters take up that spot. Well, Humperdink. Now you could just take all this stuff. You have enough carry weight between you all, and we can just decide yeah. it later. I'm I'm kind of erring on that side. Yeah, we'll sort that shit later. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead. You guys have your treasure, and get this: the ship's name is the PQS Whaling Corpse, not to be confused with the Whaling Corp. <laughs> I was going to say, like, the the captain there fucking sounded like Jim Raynor or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, why? It's like a southern space cowboy. I loved it. (laughs) Note to self, only give a ship happy names. (laughs) Yeah, it was a bit um, uh, self-fulfilling prophecy-ish. All right, so you guys, uh, do you leave this irradiated, blood-soaked, battle-strewn, cursed Probably spaceship. Oh yeah, yeah. I start start backing <laughs> on out of here, and I'm just I'm waiting by the door for everyone else to get out so I can shut it and lock it back up. <laughs> just like out, and uh, there was okay. There was one thing on the um, captain's chair that was, or the panels. It was an unlock button. Oh, for the door. Yeah. Gotcha. Can I grab that rainbow device for the snoot scoot? That is integrated into the ship, oh, okay. and it cannot be moved, sadly. Mm. Oh, and I, I am going to take that captain's data pad with me, though, just so yes, I can... Yes, that is in your shared, your hero gear. Okay, yeah. So you all leave the ship. Sprinkles, Gusty, Elgar, Ghoul, and WD-40. What a jolly bunch we are. So you walk towards the door, and you open it, and you see... Sirens everywhere. There's PQ policemen all over the place. All of the unlicensed muggers and the gabos have been arrested. There are PQ police officers with guns pointed at them while they are in the getting arrested position. Further down uh, the docks, you see a massive conglomeration of PQ policemen, police walkers, and you see something atrocious Further along, you see what looks to be a corrupted Verizaf portal, and you see something that is a turtle and slug and just has eight albino elephant trunks pouring out of its front as it slugs its way closer to the police walkers. This is what's known as a cavity here on Panquake. Something that should not be. Mr. E is in front of you, and he says, You may... Take it all in, but you must get to the man post-haste. We have things to do here, so don't get in the way. And then he walks up, and he starts helping fight the cavity. What do you guys do? I'm, I'm going to take it from his attitude that they don't particularly need help with that thing. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. All right, so off to the man then, yeah? Yeah, why not? He said to the others. <laughs> you all right, think so- we can just kind of like... Tip, tiptoe <laughs> through this. Yeah, there's no one seems to be stopping you, and the police seem to be occupied. The dragon has enough bodies to keep it you know, entertained. Oh, thank God for that. And the light from the portal doesn't seem to be too terrible this far away from it. As you hear all of the police officers and the police walkers and Mr. E 
fighting it pretty hardcore. So the, they're all fighting it. So like these PQP officers over here are uh, engaged. They are not engaged. They are simply keeping everyone there while the main force battles the cavity. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to walk up to one of them and tell him, uh, hey, that ship's about to be full of zombie larvae. So I don't know what standard procedure on that is. Maybe just set the whole thing on fire. He goes and he says, uh, Well, just don't go into it for a while is all I'm saying. Uh, Centaur Mentor 6000, can you take care of that? And the Centaur Mentor 6000 says, Yes, absolutely. Here I go to take care of the terrible things. And that's where he goes. Hmm. Watch out for the holiday fire. He shuts the door. (laughs) Well, he doesn't breathe, I think, right? So it should be all right. Parts of him breathe, sadly. Uh, Hmm. Well, anyway, count down to there being a zombie centaur in there in a minute. If you guys could move yourselves forward a little bit. Uh, actually, no, I got you. Uh. Hang on, it's going to get weird. Uh. It's going to get really weird. Uh. Uh. Oh, it's going to get weird, is it? Oh, really, Bowen? When does it start getting weird, I wonder? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the... <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. What's, what's the start line on that? Thanks for the heads up there. You can see the impact crater of where the uh, robot that was called in by Ghoul landed. There's some caution tape by it. Further down, you see a PQP officer staring deeply into the blood smiley face. What do you guys do? I was just about to ask if that smiley face was there. Mm. Uh, Immediately, I'm going to start playing my guitar to try to distract the officer from looking at the smiley face. 33 on my musician. You start playing a catchy tune, and then he starts laughing in time to your music. Then you hear stomping, giant robot stomping. It's actually a dentist on his way to fight the cavity, and he sees the PQP officer laughing. And as a PQP officer turns to him with his gun raised... The dentist blows him away and there's nothing but blood and a giant crater. And the dentist keeps going to his job. And as he passes you, he says, Take care. Um, Citizens, do not engage with the cavity. Elgar gives him a solemn head nod. He's not much for words, but his uh, his rhetoric is top notch. So the blood smiley face is completely eradicated. It's just obliterated. It's yeah. just gone, as well as the PQP officer. There's a bit more blood everywhere now. Huh. Well, um, uh, what do you say we guys get out of here? That was a little too weird. I need an ice cream. Just got to say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you guys go... Back and turn in your uh, snoot scoot. Well, I get to know him a little bit first. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I guess I should probably get that cleared off. Get my debt paid to society. So from here, where do you want to go? Because you can. Well, well, as as we're going, so I remember there was somebody who was bit by a bloodhound last time and then went to the hospital. Do we know what hospital that would have been? Yes. Yeah. He went to the H.O. Spice Hospital here in the uppercase city. Okay. As we're going to turn in the snoop scoop, can I try and like basically call the hospital on whatever comm thing I have? And uh, He actually gave you his comm number. 
Oh, okay. I'll just call him up, see how he's doing. Hey, hey there, buddy. You don't know me. We, you know, remember me from the bloody hallway. I don't think I got your name. Uh, he responds with, uh, <sighs> so he ex- exhales because his throat was slashed and his vocal cords were oh. damaged beyond reason. <laughs> And it was actually one of the main reasons why he went to the H.O. Spice Hospital. However, he sends you a text that says, about to do surgery, ta-ta for now. Smiley, winky face, heart. (laughs) Huh. You got myself into something here. Well, I'll just assume that's okay for now. Then you see an asterisk pop up, followed by a thumbs up. Okay, he's... Doing great, but still, there might be a bloodhound in the hospital here in a minute. Um, But whatever, let's get on with our business. We interrupt this episode to bring you fun facts about Panquake. Snoot Scoots. These animals resemble an armadillo and an anteater mixed in the most appealing of ways. The Snoot Scoot, Vermili Potidae, or commonly among starship pilots, the Flea of Triune, is the size of a normal car, but inexplicably lighter than they look and have the most amiable temperament imaginable. They are naturally designed to sniff out extremely hidden plants, minerals, and small prey. However, due to the nature of space travel and in addition to the use of a drift drive, the Snoot Scoot has become something quite sought after. What makes them so valuable, you might ask yourself? It's simply this. They have the most powerful sense of smell compared to every type of being in existence. Pilots use Snoot Scoots to navigate the best possible course out of the drift, sometimes shaving off entire weeks from their journey. Last but not least, As gentle as a snoot scoot is, there is one word of warning. Never boop or doot a snoot scoot booper. Anyway, now back to- I need to talk to you about you know what and the three you know who's. Oh, Granny Sunshine, I'm still on the air. Sod the air, this is taking more effort. For me to remain here, and I'm running out of patience, even in a place devoid of time. Mm, Speak your mind. It is spreading. I followed small trails, then bigger trails, and I found myself in the capital of Panquake. Oh, how long? A few weeks at best. Ah, we need to step it up then. Indeed. And now, <clears throat> back to the show. Elgar has a sample of the infected blood. Oh yeah, you were you were doing some stuff. Cultist of Diffa, God of Biscuits. Oh yes. That was um, something that took a little while for, for it to click with me, the, the difficult Cultist of Diffa. Oh, <laughs> the difficult. God yes. damn it, Bowen. <laughs> I was so sure you were gonna figure that out <laughs> way sooner. Took a while. Took a took a while for me. It's been two months. <laughs> Just been sitting on that name. Oh, that that makes me personally so happy. 
I, uh, Part of me thought it was just gonna go until you like actually like fought some big bad or something, and then you'd be like, oh, <laughs> we were gonna be fighting like the end yeah. boss. <laughs> Difficult. Oh, oh. Anyway, all right. So you guys, sorry guys. So you are all going to turn in the snoot scoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeedy. So you go in, you open the door. And you see three dentists, Dentist Jay Giroux, all surrounding War Chief Taxes, while the man, who is still Officer Tuckus, as you know him, Officer Tuckus is in tan armor, and it looks like he is studying for a test. There are books everywhere. He looks frazzled. It's almost like he hasn't slept in a long time, or maybe a day. At that moment, Mr. E appears in the chair next to him. And Mr. E says, War Chief Texas, you are not allowed on this planet anymore. You broke your agreement. And War Chief Texas says, no, 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 I didn't break nothing. I turned in my gold star, got my own license muggers, and then I did all the crime. That is my point. That legal right to steal was only for you, Texas, and not the people of Panquake. Good day, sir. War Chief Taxes looks like he is about to spring on Mr. E and the man with his weaponry. Dentist J. Giroux and the three dentists tense as well. Everyone relaxes as War Chief Taxes simply turns his back and walks out the square office. And he whispers to you three, I don't trust none of these buggers. And he leaves. Oh, hello, taxes. Fancy seeing you here. Oh, okay. Mr. E says to you, yes, you have something to turn in. Hello, Mr. E. How are you doing today? Busy as a bee, Gusty Adams. Well, you're looking pretty well. It is a new shampoo I'm trying, but thank you for noticing. Please do not disturb the man. I will be conducting all business. Now, why have you come here? I have my friend Sprinkles here. That's a... I was tasked with uh, collecting a snoot scoot and took me a little bit, but here you go. Here's my acquittal. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. E waves his hand and Sprinkles instantly snaps to against its will and walks over to a camera and a backdrop, a chair and an unfinished hot dog where it promptly sits down. It looks like the man was getting some more photo shoots done. Oh, right. That was... And Mr. E says... Uh, well, anyway. You are free to go, but remember, you have also agreed to be our campaign managers, and the numbers are neck and neck. I hope that you all get very busy. You are dismissed. Wait, uh, neck and neck with who again? Who's he running against? The man is running against the Panquake Independent Party. They will siege us in a matter of weeks. So please do your duty for the man and you will be handsomely rewarded. If not, well, everything might just change. Well, um, M- Mr. E, c- can you tell us a little bit more about the, the Panquake Independent Party? Might help us. Help us formulate our campaign plan, if you know what I mean. They are the enemy in our eyes. Yeah. Hold on. And then he reaches over to the man and he just like jots down information. It's like, remember, 30 years ago, that never happened. And he 
sits back in his chair and he says, Right, the Panquake Independent Party. You know Sir Kenny Up? Oh, yeah. He has been terrorizing us annually. He's their spokesman. Now they have a commander-in-chief that actually runs everything. However, Sir Kenny Up seems to not die. If you think he died from falling all that way at the talent show, you are sorely mistaken. He always returns. So the Panquake Independent Party builds up every year. They are hidden somewhere, and they offer freedom. They offer peace. They offer organization. The uppercase city is none of those. And that's the way we like it. Everyone's a little happier with a little more spice in their life. So they're the ones we are purely against. Are you sure you don't want to be the campaign manager? Because that was that was some great lines you just dropped there. Mm, thank you. I've I've been practicing here and there. But that's besides the point. I'm just one person, and I have to educate the man about everything about the man, because the man is new. Oh, yay, our cacristocracy, not a pain in the ass. Do you want to educate the man about the past 200 years? Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. That was rhetorical. Well, shouldn't say it in such a tone, then. Dentist J. Giroux leans over to Mr. E, and he says, Sir... I bid you please do not be so rude to Gusty Adams. I would appreciate it very much. And Mr. E kind of shrinks ever so slightly and then nods. Thank you, Mr. E. Uh, I just figured he had resting bitch voice said. <laughs> <laughs> said it cool. never it aloud. Mr. E smarmily looks at you. Ooh, you gotta, you gotta watch out for those smarmily looks. Gonna open up some smarmalade on ya. <laughs> you. Very well. You may leave. If you have no more questions. I mean, I could think of a few if, if that's what you want. Tiny people, please follow me out. The man must... Continue his studies. I would appreciate your candor in this, in not saying how Mr. E really is. Do you have, or <laughs> rather, do I have your word that you will not repeat how Mr. E has been behaving? Oh, you, you mean kind of, kind of mean? Yeah. Quite so. It has been an extremely taxing day. Well, I'm not one to gossip. Well, I am, said Ghoul, but <laughs> since you said so nicely, <laughs> I will keep my mouth shut. He narrated most authentically. I have absolutely no hope in you, Tiny Frog. <laughs> what was your name? I'm Golden One. Nice to meet you. Golden One, it is my pleasure. Try your best. It is appreciated. You know, that's all anyone can do, he said, remembering one of a PSA from when he was a young frog. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dentist J. Giroux just stares at you guys. Oh, right. All right. I, I guess this is where we take a hint. And then... Dentist J. Giroux leans down and he goes, Hint, hint. WD-40, let's get going. Sure thing, buddy. Could I have another one, Ray's ghoul? <laughs> 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 Can I phone a friend? 
Just saying it really are seen anyway. Mr. E shouts to you as you leave. I will be in contact with you for updates. Depend upon it. Right, as as we're going, I'm just gonna say, see you later, Mr. B. Good luck, Tuckus. And the door shuts as the look of outrage befalls Mr. E's face. Okay, so where do you guys want to go now? You have no obligations. Well, do uh, we still want to do this political campaign thing? Did we sign a contract? I, I honestly, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't. I remember taking pictures. I think that was the extent of our agreement. We took some pretty good sandwich hot dog eating pictures. Oh, there's the, no one's arguing. They were they were prime pictures. I don't know that they're legally binding, though. I mean, we could do a smear campaign on this independent party. Kenny up, more like Kenny down, if you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Because uh, he fell down, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good one, guys. It's a ghoul, <laughs> not at all patronizing them. <laughs> oh, jeez, ghoul. That was kind of harsh. I like how ghoul is, is our small, sarcastic frog friend. <laughs> just, just trying to lighten the mood, ghoul. If we're going to play to win and really win this campaign, we need to get a lot of money for the candidate. And that means talking to a lot of people that are going to give money. So, yeah, we either run a smear campaign or we raise so much money that the other guy gives up. He explained, remembering his political science classes from when he was a wee polywog. <laughs> polywog sci. <laughs> yes, polywog sci. God damn it. Well, maybe we could do a little bit of both. I like the way you're thinking. Who, I mean, who, who supports the man? We know the man. We know Officer Tuckus from his, his humble beginnings. Chasing those meat mobiles on the side of that one bus. We know what he stands for. Nobody else knows the man like we know the man. Yeah, maybe we could take that route with it. You know, a man came from humble roots, fighting fighting in the wild deserts of Panquake. Do you think Audrey would give a testimonial, Ghoul? Um, what do you mean, a testimonial? Oh, about, God, Audrey, you're, you're there, yeah, sorry. Oh, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> I watched you punch in the, the thing and like saw the void zombie. Like, I'm still here. Just because I'm quiet doesn't mean I'm I not watching. I didn't know if you had like earmuffs or something. No, I'm very much here. Do you like your kneecaps? Yes. Huh. I feel uncomfortable now. Um, Ghoul, you feel the trigger start to move a little bit? I'm going to step away. I'm going to treat you as a member of our party now, and I apologize for not realizing <laughs> you were so sentient. I do like my kneecaps. Yes. Um, Thank you for your answer. Audrey, let me speak directly to you. Do you... I won't forget it. W would you give a positive testimonial to, to the man? I'll give a positive testimonial to Tuckus, even though he abandoned me. He found a new family. More so for Ghoul than for you. Please, no offense, you weak kneecapped person. Will you do it for me, baby? Wow. <laughs> then I... I feel very much attacked by mm -hmm. my own party, but... But so be it. Yeah, I'm gonna toss this over to you guys. I'm feeling a little bit reflective right now. I'm gonna step back. <laughs> uh... Yeah, there's... 
there's some walls here. I <laughs> don't uh, feel like we need to get in touch with some immediate folk. I don't really know how to disseminate information here aside from singing on a street corner, which is about the extent of my plan right now. Gusty. You know, a, camp, a campaign song would be really appropriate, pointed out Google. Yeah, all right. I'll uh, I'll go find a street corner. We'll uh, start there. Gusty, you get a call on your your com, and it says Sharon S. Yeah, I pick it up and I put her put her on speakerphone. Uh, hi, hi, Gusty Adams. Uh, how are things? Hey, I'm pretty good. How are you doing? In the background, you hear spread the wood. The man is it, good. Is that? Bartend? Yeah, it's it's bartend. Um, hey, I'd like to chat with you fellas, if you don't mind. Uh, I got some big news. Uh, I'd love to chat. Well, if you you come down to level one, I'm kind of in the cafeteria. The social place. Sure, we'll just follow the sound of people then, yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. honestly just listen to bartend. He's dead set on rhyming, and so he keeps saying, spread the wood, the man is good. I told him it didn't really make sense, but he just... Kept on going. Sure, we'll see you in a minute. I'm going to hang up say two things. We need to meet up with Sharon S. in the cafeteria, and I have a great idea for the new campaign slogan. <laughs> I heard that. It's already in my head. <laughs> right? <laughs> kind of hard to get it I out. I think it's going to go viral. Let's let's see if Batend will, will record with us. So you guys head down, takes a, several minutes, um, but you turn around the corner, you see a giant line of people, gods, and creatures um, all in line to sign the sign pole, where one side is in favor of the man and the other side is in favor of the PQ Independent Party. Uh, so the three of you and WD-40 go down and then you see Sharon S. She's sitting at a table and Bartend keeps walking in like back and forth with the sign that literally says, spread the wood. The man is good. And Hot Dog Joe is in a corner selling hot dogs. I mean, we've already got half the things we talked about for the campaign here. I feel like all of our work is done for. Us. You know, Gusty, I feel like this is that street corner you were looking for. That this is it. And Bartend just says, spread the wood. The man is good. Oh, hello, Gusty Adams and Ghoul and Elgar. And tiny, four-legged, horrendously ugly creature. Where is your head, tiny creature? I am perplexed anyway. It is good to see all of you. I must get back to saying my slogan now. And he turns around and he continues. <laughs> you know, Gusty, I'm really sensing a musical number. Oh, that's that's going to happen. Right about now. All right. If you insist, I guess I just go over to Bartend and I start accompanying with a, a combination of, of uh, folksy guitar progressions and whistling. And Bartend simply does not stop. He is walking in a straight line and turning around and just saying over and over, spread the wood. The man is good. Elgar, Ghoul, what are you guys doing? That's a great question. I guess I'm going to go talk to Hot Dog Joe. You get close to Hot Dog Joe and he's saying, hot dogs, two credits. Hey, Ghoul, 
How's the day? Oh, hey, Hot Dog Joe, he said to the amiable otter. Such a pleasure to meet you again. Are you hungry? Would you like a hot dog? Two credits. Um, you know what? Yes, I will have a hot dog. Oh, you don't look very good. Uh, tell you what. For four credits, I'll give you the Hot Dog Deluxe. It might make you feel a bit better. I, uh, you know what? It's a special day. He made the exception and paid for four credits. You see, Hot Dog Joe, well, okay, roll a perception check. He's going to spit in my hot dog. What the hell, Hot Dog Joe? (laughs) Oh, you do get it. Uh, You see him... (laughs) I see him spit right in it. I knew it. (laughs) You see him take out a little glowing vial and he sprinkles something on your hot dog and he waves his hand and the hot dog glows vibrant you're not quite sure what the color is because it seems to change and then the glowing stops and he pops up and he says here you are ghoul bone apple tart bone bone up a eat your food uh ghoul you know it rolls with it and eats it (laughs) you heal 20 hp instantly and you feel really good you know what hot dog joe I feel great. Don't mention it. In fact, I wanted to ask you, Hot Dog Joe. Sure. uh, What's your position on the man? Honestly, he's not as evil as you'd think. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are just crazy evil. Like, oh, look, an innocent person, boom, dead. And that's the day. That's just what they do. The man's more mm, equal, I think is the word I'm looking for. Because, yeah, I mean, he does a fair amount of that, but at least there's a chance something really good will happen, too. My answer is, if you're tough enough, you love the man. Can we count on your endorsement? I'm already a campaign manager. I actually accepted it. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, there's like a million campaign managers. Oh, yeah, there's literally (laughs) an army of us. Uh, Right. Yes, that's quite a way of putting it. Um, Maybe you should. Do you have any special hot dogs for the man? Like the man special? Maybe even this little doohickey you gave me here. I bet that'd be really popular. Uh, Hopefully there's no adverse effects. Not going to say anything, but sorry if it does happen. But there might be something that the man can have. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I'll just give him a regular hot dog, you know? I I mean that you sell a, a... A hot dog that is an advertisement for the man. Oh! Essentially. He instantly jumps on his cart and dives into the hot dogs in the boiling water. Uh, Ghoul does his best not to scream, since that's a frog's worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) You start seeing flashing red and blue lights inside the hot dog container, and it gets really vicious. And then all of a sudden they stop, and the otter leaps out completely fine of the boiling water, and he says... I've been a little busy. I've just All right. <laughs> marked each and every hot dog saying, vote the man in each and every hot dog. Like with like a Sharpie or? <laughs> An order never tells. And then you notice on his belt, his plasma swords are still kind of sizzling. <laughs> All right. Well, Ghoul, thank you for the tip. And I think that we're going to really bump these numbers. Because if you see, if you see the sign pole, they're neck and neck. The man's only got two more than the Panquake Independent Party. Besides, I don't like the Independent Party at all. Do you have a personal beef with them? Kinda. Uh, Sir Kenny Up didn't like my hot dogs. Oh, 
Well, shit. That's. I think we have our our, our attack <laughs> so, ad. Yeah. Doesn't like yeah, hot dogs. <laughs> what kind of man doesn't like hot dogs? <laughs> and that's the only right. reason I'm gonna tell you, because it's the only one that matters. Anyway, I gotta keep selling these hot dogs, but Gould's been such a pleasure, and he gives you a gratifying bow as the water pours off of his hat, and then he gets back to selling hot dogs. Okay, uh, questions for another time. <laughs> he just he just got a little bit shadier in my mind, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Um, okay, so that was Ghoul's turn. Elgar, WD-40, what you doing? Um, Elgar... Sharon speaks- S. is waiting for Gusty to finish. <laughs> I, I was about to say that we did come down here to talk to Sharon S. and have done everything except that. She saw you interact with Botend, and so now she's just letting it happen because she's so used to it by now. Well, yeah, I'm not going to pass up an opportunity to play with Botend. <laughs> All right, Elgar, what are you doing? Elgar talks into his comm and says, Shh, hey, Ghoul, can you pick me up a hot dog, please? I'm going to go go check out that sign pole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Ghoul would buy a special hot dog for his cold-blooded brother. <laughs> Do you also buy one for Gusty? Of No, no, yeah, no, actually he does, yes. <laughs> he'll, he'll buy everyone a special hot dog. You see Hot Dog Joe... Give the same treatment to their hot dogs as your hot dog. And this time he does look over his shoulder, dead at you in the, stares at you in the eye, <laughs> and he sprinkles it, and he gives you a wink. I feel like he's just like sprinkling crack <laughs> in our hot dogs or something. <laughs> All right. Well, not the weirdest shit that's happening here. Elgar, I... He he looks at the pole just to kind of get a feel, does a perception check. As you look... Lug, the god of lifting with your legs, looks over at you and he says, <laughs> That's a great name for him. <laughs> are you going to, uh, mark, are you going to mark the, the thing here? Uh, who do you want, man or the independent party? Um, oh goodness, did I just cut in line? Is you this a- have, you have cut in front of probably... Um, this many. And Lug looks like a naked giant with just a loincloth wielding a rather large um, cleaver. He doesn't seem to be too bright, but you bet your britches he can lift with his legs. His back is in great shape. The greatest shape. So Lug, were were you going to complete that sentence? Did I cut in front of line? Uh, Um, (laughs) this many. And he holds up like five fingers but then he realizes there's more people he's like uh at least this many oh <laughs> well i don't want to cut in front of line so I'll, I'll just observe as people come up to mark mark the pole i'm just curious lug what's your what's your take on all this this voting business i've been paid by the man to stand here and Kill anyone that takes too long. Okay. Well, let me step back. I'm really bad at counting, though. (laughs) So, uh, do you want to lift with your legs? Yes, I do, Lug. I want to lift my body away from the pole. (laughs) He goes into great detail. He puts his hand on your shoulders like... 
Here's how you do it, all right? And he spends the next 15 minutes telling you how to lift with your legs. You can't escape if you wanted to, even if you roll a natural 20, because this is his thing, and he is a deity. I I would just like to point out, in this line of people that that Elgar has cut in front of and that are now just standing there waiting for this to happen. One of them appears to be a flaming spider. Yeah. So in in this line of of politely waiting people is just just a, a giant spider that's on fire watching this giant man teach a lizard how to lift with its legs. That's where we're at right and now. And the giant spider is Anulex the god of androgynous masculinity. Oh, I remember him. Sure. It. And Anulex <laughs> does not seem to be happy. And Elgar says, well, well, thank you, God. Thank you, Lug. Yeah, the name's Lug, and don't forget <laughs> nothing I just done said to you with my word, my word mouth thingy. I don't think we'll forget anytime soon. You know, Lug, can I expect to get you get a bonus if I lift with my legs in the future. Just want to double check. <laughs> Tell you what, he he hands you his calm. He's like, it punch punch you the thing he's in. Oh yeah. Beep, boop 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 beep. Right now, at any time, I can call you and talk uh, how to lift with your legs. So you'll you'll talk me through it. Excellent. Yeah. Any time. Oh, it's like a peloton. That's excellent. Five p.m. 2 a.m., 6 a.m., anytime. You know, look, you're, you're, you're a great personal trainer. I just want to let you know that. Thank you. A little watch goes off, like a little beeping watch. Like, oh, great. Okay, you better jump. Got to swing my sword because you talk too long. Got to swing it. Oh, okay, Roll put me down for the man. <laughs> Roll a reflex. Where's my reflex? Why do all of our conversations end this way? Okay, it was a DC 10. You got it. You rolled a 12. <laughs> You jump away as the massive cleaver hits more or less where you were. We'll see you, little guys. Good talking to you. Yeah, I'll call you probably away in the middle of the night, okay? All right. You guys are still about five feet away from each other. (laughs) Um, WD-40, get over here. (laughs) WD-40 is not going near that line. WD-40's been with Sharon S., and she's been... um, just holding him, petting him, just enjoying the little dog that he is. Well, Melgar's done with that. Back to Gusty Adams. <laughs> Sharoness is still patiently waiting as you march and play with Botend. G- Gusty Adams and and sing <clears throat> the interaction between Lug and uh, and Elgar improvises. A verse uh, in syncopated rhythm behind uh, Bartend, something about making friends. But uh, anyway, I'm I'm just I'm guessing Bartend doesn't stop his chanting. He just kind of keeps. He's getting going. kind of manic about it, and for an ogre, that just means he has done the same thing the same way for a long time, but has not stopped. Okay, well, I, I go on for like a respectful, you know, five to seven minutes playing uh, support behind them uh, before I end it 
and then put up my guitar and tell everyone I'm going on break. And then I walk over there to talk to Sharon S. Yep. At the end of your performance, a hot dog was airborne at you and it landed perfectly into your hand. I mean, before I step away, I'm going to hold up the hot dog and say, vote the man and then go over to Sharon S. Well, that was just kind of amazing, Gusty Adams. Yeah, well, you know, we try little bits here and there. Hey, how's things going with you? Well, you know how I said that uh, I was a, a stewardess for the bus and how I'd been that for quite just so many years? Well, after experiencing just a normal-ass day of your caliber, I decided to join the Bounty Hunter Truce because I figured... Well, I'm good at this gun thing, and you guys seem to be doing pretty good, so I figured I could make a lot of money. More so than just tending to really just the rudest people ever, ever. Yeah, anyway, Botend has also said he's going to join the Bounty Hunter Truce with me. Oh, well, that's sweet of him. And, uh... Although, strictly speaking, I should say I'm not a bounty hunter. I'm officially just a bounty hunter's friend. I'm just along for support. Well, there's other big news. Ghoul makes a... I was going to say Ghoul makes a nerdy psychic squeal <laughs> at the idea of more bounty hunters. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the biggest... The biggest addition is Hot Dog Joe is going to be a bounty hunter again. And he's going to train me oh. and Botan. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, that's, <clears throat> that's that's a good way to break into the industry, I hear. It's hard to do better than that, I suspect. Yeah, he said he's got just the know-how, and even though he seems to be really, really focused on selling hot dogs. Yeah, well, he's he's got the know-how on hot dogs, at least. Bounty hunting is just so second nature to him, and... I wanted your approval, but we were thinking about calling ourselves the Warm-Blooded Collective. Uh, I mean, I kind of like the sound of it. Uh, Ghoul and Elgar are- Sounds cozy. Walking back and they, they overhear this part of the conversation. I mean, I don't, I don't think we have a copyright on unblooded collectives. Like, maybe we can work together. Yeah, we could start up a little LLC. Call it, call it, uh, Blooded LLC. I'm not quite sure what the, the Bounty Hunter Truce rules are on it, but uh, we're due to start in a few weeks. They got to finish up some of that officialness or whatever, get the badges. I fear Ghoul already has one and you guys are able to travel with him. Besides, I've got to train up my skills. There's no way I'm as good as you, Gusty. I mean, yeah, I shot some dudes in a car from a ways away with a sniper rifle, but you use music to control people. It's okay, I... I overheard or, it. People talk. They're talking, talking about about my whistling. Talking about whatever that guitar is. Oh well, the whistling's where it's at. That's what you should work on. Oh, Sharon S is more than likely going to start whistling because of you now. Yeah, sure. I start. I start whistling right in the middle of the conversation. All right, Sharon S and Gussie Adams are whistling. Cool. What do you do? <laughs> Glad, glad I could add that to the to the scene. Cool thinks of better alliterations for them, like warm-blooded wannabes or something. <laughs> 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 Let's see. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's harsh. 
Well, I mean, Dusty's figuring out are there connections with us. I'm gonna just go linger in the hallway <laughs> and be like, be that like uh, that campaign manager that goes out for a cigarette break every five minutes. <laughs> so. Ghoul is chilling in the hallway. <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I want to do like, I don't know, I'm going to do like a perception check. Like, I, you know, to, to the unobservant, it looks just like Ghoul is going and being a slacker in the hallway. But he's, what he's really doing is he's looking around for any chances that maybe the, uh, the independent party is uh, spying on you know, everybody or anything, like has any bugs. I want to do like a general sweep. Perception check. Oh, 21. Well, first off, you see... Uh, in front of you, there's a bit of a crime scene with tape that just says ignore. Um, there's a bunch of blood, a knife, more tape, two UCC guards and a guy named Sheriff Guys. There are two pistols and a bunch of traffic cones and flares all around it. And that's what you see. Oh, I guess I go approach them and... Sheriff Guys actually approaches you and he says, hey, what are you doing? This is a... The tape says ignore. Can you read? I bluff and say no. <laughs> He's ignoring the tape. Hmm. All right. Well, we had a bit of an accident. Uh, everything's pointing to the Panquake Independent Party on account of that knife. And there's just a single knife in the middle of the blood. Yep, that's my evidence. I'm Sheriff Guys. There's no uh, security cameras maybe caught anything, Sheriff, or anything like that? Uh, he looks over to a UCC repair construct, and it's burning and incinerating a few nogs that are extra just laying about. He says, well, that UCC repair construct probably recorded it. It was in the area at the time. But it's busy, so we can't really get a, get to it yet. We gotta wait for it to finish its duties. Is there anything else I can help you with? No. Th thanks for the info. And uh, yeah, the boys in blue. I give them a little froggy fist bump. <laughs> I guess that ended my turn. <laughs> oh. so, so there was that. Hey, I just realized something. Um, how much has uh, Elgar told us about his like extra life encounters? Hmm. Yeah, good question. I, I I know you. This keeps coming back from the dead. We just don't talk about it. <laughs> we just right. Well, he, I know he told us about the whole thing about trying to find the destroy like the bad kind of joy, and he sort of sounded like a crazy homeless person for a minute. Then we went on about our business, but I, I don't remember if he ever filled us in on the whole thing. So he did fill you in on fighting the bad joy. However, he did not fill you in. On the second part, he just came back to life screaming biscuits, and both of you were like, yeah, that's Elgar. <laughs> Dead one minute, okay. alive the next, screaming about biscuits. I remember. Okay, well, that, that all tracks with me. <laughs> Does anybody ask me about biscuits? Uh, I mean, I'm kind of busy whistling, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of cut the song short. Be like, uh, hey, Elgar. Chernas takes a break and she sits down. That's good. You gotta, you gotta rest your lips for a minute and let them, uh, let them get stronger. Uh, hey, you wanna, you feeling hungry? Yeah, I could go for some, some biscuits, maybe. 
Wait, why? Yeah, I, I, I thought so. Why am I talking about biscuits? Why did I mention biscuits? Well, I was sort of beating around the bush on that, but <clears throat> that was going to be my next question. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just remembered. <laughs> I just remembered something. You remember that time I tried to jump through a smashing door and got smashed to bits? Yeah, I sort of remember that from about eight hours ago. Yeah, I had one of those those visions. I don't know what it was, but I went somewhere. One of those door smashing visions. Huh? Yeah. Well, you remember when I blew myself up, right? When we were fighting that dragon the first time? Sure, sure. That was like 16 hours ago or something. Yeah, that wasn't long ago, was it? Wow. In the arena. You know what I'm talking about, right, Gusty? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I remember most of the details of did, that. Did I tell you all about that encounter when I came back about the joy, the bad joy. Yeah, I recall you saying something about kicking puppies. I was never quite clear on where that was going. Yeah, I don't quite remember either, but I met a guy named Mr. Travel. He seems he seems pretty in 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 tune with what we're doing right now, and he's the one who told me about this idea that we got to find the bad joy in Panquake and just get rid of it somehow. The bad joy is in, uh, what, like getting a little bit too drunk or, uh, you know, catchy song that's not very good. Or... He was pretty ambiguous, hence our conversation about kicking puppies. I don't, I don't oh, I, I can quite see know what now. he meant, but, but essentially it's pretty, pretty crucial to our, our survival, this planet's survival. It seemed like the, the balance of the universe depended on it somehow. But I don't quite know how. At that moment, your communicator lights up and it starts to ring. Boop, boop, beep, boop. Um, let me get this. Hold on. Uh, sure. I'll just be over here whistling. You hear a voice say, Elga, hi, this is, this is Grumblebum. Um, I'm much worse and I'd still like you to help me die. Is there any way you could help me travel to my temple sooner than later? I've probably got a day, but I would surely appreciate it. And she coughs, a deity cough. Oh, oh, goodness, Grumblebum. Sounds like you've seen better days. <laughs> um. uh, thank, thank you for trying. It Sadly, it's not <laughs> enough to heal me. Oh, I'm... But if you help me do this, I'm sure I've known all the gods and goddesses. I'm sure I can help you, uh, in one way or another, get information you probably need. Can I, like, just, like, get back to you in, like, a minute, maybe? We're kind of in the middle of something. It's, it's okay. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I'll... I'll probably be okay. Oh, you will, Prune. You'll be fine. <laughs> right. That insult gives her 12 more hours <laughs> on top of the day she had. Oh, thank you, Elgar. And she hangs up. That was pretty solidly done. <laughs> well, um, Gusty, you might have overheard that. You remember Grumblebum? Sure. I, I got a general vibe of serendipity coming off of that conversation. But uh, yeah, I, I remember her. Wait. We had a pretty awkward encounter when we first got off the bus. That describes most of our encounters, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I suppose it does. 
Well, this one stood out to me. She's a god, and she, she kind of needs our help finding... I think she needs help finding her temple to to pass on to the other world. I don't know. Essentially, she needs our help. I know we kind of got a lot of irons in the fire, not to throw one more in there, but I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I wasn't really clear on what irons we were we were handling right now. Well, we got this whole campaign thing. Both of you hear metallic clanking. Oh, that sounds like a dentist coming out. Uh, it sounds like a very expedient thing with multiple legs. Oh, that sounds terrifying. Hey, Ghoul, can you can you get over here? We, we kind of need to talk to you real quick with everybody here. A spider bot appears next to you and it looks at you, Gusty Adams, and says, Hello, I am... Jesus Christ! <laughs> Hello, I'm speaking through this errant spider bot. Don't, don't worry. But my name is... Hello, I'm Gusty Adams. Yes, I know who you are. My name is Bermuda8472, and I have a normal car in your name. That you purchased. Apparently put it on your own tab. Please stop by the the hangar. Well, not that hangar. Just come see me. Bermuda 8472. I sell ships and vehicles. It's taking up space. I need it gone. Thank you. And the Spiderbot hangs up and walks away from you. Oh, right. Hey, everybody. I bought a car that one time that I just recalled. <laughs> didn't, didn't you, like... Crashed that car? Uh, no, I just, <laughs> I smashed someone up against a wall with it, I No, think. you pumped the brakes and then jumped out of it, so it was untouched. Oh, that's right. I I just spent a long time thinking about <laughs> smashing someone into the wall with it. That's right. Uh, huh, well, that, that, that works out, I think. Um... Well, I'm going to go buy a car, I guess, if uh, if you want to come with me. So, what do you think? I kind of got to call Grumblebum back. Like, should I say yes, we'll help her? Yeah, sure. I mean, we'll maybe we'll talk to Ghoul about it, but I'm on board with it. Yeah, Ghoul, when I say we got a lot of irons in the fire, right? What 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 comes to mind for you? What irons do we have in the fire? Well, I have to deal with that breeze or wind or thunder. Oh, yeah, I was going <laughs> to ask you about that, too. <laughs> Um, and I guess I, I dealt with my snoot scoot. Um, he rubs his froggy chin and thought, <laughs> um, really, just the breeze is really on my mind right now. He refused to call him by his real name. He said to the others. <laughs> yeah. I like the sound of happening, of helping this dying goddess do whatever it is she needs to do her thing. All right. Did she happen to say where the thing is she needs to go no. to? No, maybe maybe when I call her back, I'll give her, I'll ask for more details. But she made it sound like like we'd be able to do it. She seems like she's she needs help. All right, you you call her back. I'm gonna go pick up my car that I have apparently, and uh, maybe maybe the two things will kinda synergize yeah well, well like maybe we can like walk and talk i can have a conversation and walk with you so i'm all for a walk and talk do the three of you or two of you head over to bermuda 8472 before we wrap this up um yes i guess elgar yes. would like to know is there an ice cream parlor nearby before we leave this <laughs> presumed food court and the eerie thought crosses your mind 
Oh no, we're all lactose intolerant. <laughs> Nowhere in the uppercase city is there an ice cream parlor, nor is there anywhere that sells ice cream. Oh my god. I knew this was a fucking conspiracy. Yet you distinctly remember eating ice cream with WD-40. Elgar shudders a shudder that has never been shuddered ever. <laughs> that is the most sinister twist. <laughs> and actually with that, we're going to end the session. <laughs> Don't you take our ice cream memories. There never was ice cream. Oh, no. <laughs> there never was any ice cream. What a cliffhanger. <laughs> it's like a, starts playing like Fight Club music or something. <laughs> Oh Man. no. What a ponderous episode that was. <laughs> the ultimate twist. <laughs> <laughs>